Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 where we're posted up and spotted up talking all things Dallas Mavericks basketball on and off the floor. My name is Bobby Corella. Joining me as he is wont to do, dare I say as he always does, the great, the man that needs no introduction, which paradoxically is kind of an introduction, it's Isaac Harris. Let's go. City Edition Court tonight. You know that that's last year's city. I know you're trying to get in the mood, but that's, that's last year's city edition. You know, I might upgrade some gear tonight, get okay. some new stuff. Uh, watch Miss Marvels last night. Pretty good. I don't know what that is. That a it's, show? it's a new like Marvel movie out, and I don't want to spoil it, but you got to watch the end credit scene. One of the best end credit scenes we've had in a long time. Like for all in, the Marvel in, fans in, in out any there, any movie like in, or for just... all the Marvel people, they they know. They know. Okay. Well, that's Calm cool. Down. I'm happy for you. I, it feels weird me out nerding you right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last night, I watched a 30-minute video about the logistics of uh, transportation in the Roman army. So <laughs> don't you try and claim anything over me, buddy. <laughs> and earlier that night, uh, we released a video of me playing chess against Grant Williams. All right? So <laughs> that's checkmate on your nerd claim. Bobby's really passionate about nerds. Mm. <laughs> mm. And the candy. <laughs> I haven't had nerds in a long time. <laughs> okay, normally joining us is the great Austin Ivan, but she is out on assignment somewhere. I'm not sure if it's because she's hooping or it's because she's reporting. We'll have to catch up with her next week. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess we <laughs> had a surprise for you, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, joining us is um, <coughs> she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, the queen of the C tier, Sacramento Kings biggest fan. This is a great content the album. I tried to make it through that whole intro without laughing, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Hi. She's back. I'm back. She's back. <laughs> so, Kat, normally this year her role has been uh, putting up lower thirds, graphics, topic bars. There's nothing. With, yeah, there's yeah. nothing down here right it's now. It's okay. Uh, you got to get to work. I soon, know. <laughs> Thanks, boss. <laughs> You're my boss. Um, so, Kat agreed to join us. She's just going to hang out with, us, with yeah. us for a bit here at the top of the show yep. and then get back in the lab, back with the uh, Ohenio off camera, making us look good, trying to minimize the bags under my eyes. <laughs> How are you doing, Kat? I'm tired, you know. <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> Happy to be here. Um, yeah. Oh, this is, this is weird. I I was not really expecting to do this today, but then I was like, you know what? Whatever. It's fine. You've never done a show with us before. Um, I haven't done one on like four hours of sleep. No. <laughs> and I'm honestly scared of what questions y'all are going to throw at me because I'm scared of what I'm going to respond with. What do you think about opponents at EFG percentage against the Mavs this year? It just feels like a little high. They're just getting in the paint a lot. But uh, that, like... You were prepared for that yeah, one. Yeah, well, but I was going to say, but that doesn't really help the EFG. I mean, it does, but it doesn't because, like, I feel like threes help the EFG be higher. Four hours of sleep, you're nerd. sharp <laughs> your nerds, nerds, I mean, nerds. I'm still a nerd. I'm still a nerd at yeah. heart. You know what could wake you up? What? Looking at these city edition courts. The New Orleans ones really jolted in, me it's, away. It's really the in-season, uh, the in-season tournament courts. But. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. I feel like the Mavs one, we're going to see that one tonight. That one's not as I'm uh, excited to see the Mavs one. The, Den the Denver one was a little, little out there. Mm. I heard they had to repaint the three-point line. Yeah. Because it was... <laughs> it was too short. They're too far. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was too far? Yeah, it was too oh, far. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if it was too close or too far, but yeah, I thought that was... 
Uh, yeah, my new best friend in real life, Grant Williams, uh, before the game was shooting and all his shots were short, and he was like, This doesn't seem right. Weird. And huh. they measured it, and sure enough, it was like, whatever, a few inches too far. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we got to check ours. That was too. like mm-hmm. Steph when he was dribbling and he caught that like dead spot on the court. Oh, yeah? Have you seen that video? No. Oh, yeah. He's like dribbling during warm ups and like the ball didn't bounce correctly, like in one spot, and like there was like a dead spot on Maybe the court. Maybe he just stinks at dribbling. Maybe he needs to practice. <laughs> yeah, Steph. Yeah. Of, all, of all people. Just, just yeah. avoid that spot. That's yeah. what we did. I mean, yeah. pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, I mean, we'd chase balls down a hill, so <laughs> just don't shoot an air ball. <laughs> I like, know. You just got it. You got to get the rebound. Um, so, Kat. Yes. You were, speaking of the in-season tournament, you were initially not that big of a fan of the <laughs> IST. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like, bought into it, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just had a wipeout. <laughs> um, yeah, I originally, but we did that explainer. It's on YouTube if you want to go check it out. And I think after understanding how it works, because it was just really confusing for me as someone who like didn't watch. Like I started watching Premier League too, so now I'm like, okay, I understand like the in-season tournament. Who's your team? Uh, Man City, followed by Chelsea. Lifelong Chelsea fan over here. Are you? Chelsea we l- we love Broja in Chelsea. my in my in my household. I don't know. And why is that? Because he's Albanian. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I got. So what about Man City got you on the in season tournament? For uh, NBA? Well, they I, play in a lot of in season. <laughs> tournaments. Yeah, they play in a lot, you know. Um, but I just I think it's cool that it makes these games in like the middle of November kind of like mean a little something more because sometimes it just gets not boring but you know there's a lull in the season right you're like really excited for it to start and then it's like november december and then you're kind of just going through the motions and then come january you're like okay let's then it then it's what all-star break (laughs) and then then playoffs and then the rest of the world joins in to watch yeah yeah sorry i'm like i'm four hours i'm exhausted so here i am giving takes this is great yeah it's perfect i'm a mom now because i feel like a lot of people you know even (laughs) even in that even in that video that we made a Mm -hmm. lot of people were commenting um it seems like a gimmick seems like a bit seems unnecessary or and and this is i actually do kind of respect this uh like why do we need to give a cash prize to millionaires? Like, I kind of understand why fans would feel that way. But the games are, I don't know, the games are just kind of cool. The courts are silly for the most part. Mm. They like, get to go to Vegas in the middle of the season, yeah. you know? Here, it feels like it's something. So I think, like, you know, as we see it unfold, I think more people like you that were maybe initially skeptical at first would be like, ah, it's not. It's you know, if cool. the Kings would have been the champions of it last year, I would have jumped on the Kings bandwagon a little that, earlier. I doubt it. I doubt it. They might win you'd it this year. If the Kings would have won it last year, you'd have been like, fake trophy, <laughs> overrated, doesn't matter. Oh, Mickey Mouse ring. Oh, wow. They're going to give him a banner. Wow. wow. Yeah. Still Mickey Mouse ring. Um, here's the thing about the courts is it like for all the hate that it's getting, it's kind of doing its job, though, because like the whole purpose of it was to bring attention to these games. Yeah. I mean, like we're in the middle of football season and people are like rage tweeting about courts. Like that's pretty good. I know. You know, it's yeah. making people like, dude, let me see this bulls court so I can not sleep tonight. And 
<laughs> literally looks like they're playing in the underworld. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that one. Oh my gosh. Live on air. Live reaction. We're gonna see the Pelicans one on Tuesday. We we looked at that before. Uh, it's one of the worst things ever created in I sports. I mean, it, <laughs> it fits the vibe because it's like the Mardi Gras <laughs> colors, you know. Oh wow! Oh. Oh, they like, bought into like that red. They're, yeah. they're just in. It is a fiery. Like, just like, like watching. You would think it, like the bull in the middle would be like the red part of it, but like no, it's the whole court. Okay. No, that's, no, that's cool. The actual court. Yeah, it's tough. It's like the. Yeah. What do you think of them? Like the really loud ones. I mean, it just reminds me of like a two K. If you've ever played like online two K, you could like one of the. Like best things about 2K early on was like you could get on like we could all have our like my cre- my created players or my players, okay. and then put them on like the same team and like create a team and create like a court and you could play other people online. And you would just make it green for fun. But like I mean, you would play some. It would like load into a game to play another team, and there would be courts just like this that were just like insane. What if colors you made an orange one and then the ball like you couldn't see it? Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> you can do that. Just a thought. I always thought a good bit would be in football if, like, the other team is about to kick a field goal. You know, they're looking for the yellow goalpost, but then they just give every fan behind the goalpost, like, a yellow piece of paper. Oh, wow. So they just all hold it up. Yeah. Would the kicker be able to see it? You know? I think in instituting more, like, camouflage stuff like that could be a good bit. I mean, I feel like at I that would. point, it's, like, muscle memory, right? Like, you just know where to kick. Just but not if you know but where not, you Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What if you yeah. give all the fans behind a basket, like, goals and then you see like (laughs) you see like three rims like lebron you have to do the break children holding up like gigantic (laughs) (laughs) i mean we have an extra goal at the arena behind each basket like so just champ that's your job just mavs man (laughs) we need something new for mavs man i mean it would it would do more than intimidate the opposition there you go mavs man does intimidate some people i think (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, he does. Cat, <laughs> whoever wins the in-season tournament will like how will you view the cup? Uh, on television. I, like is it going in the like trophy case if the Mavs win it is like when you walk in the office here it's like in the trophy case as soon as you walk in. It's not as soon as you walk in. I think it's like in a hallway like on the way somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the break room. Yeah, it's you like on the way to the break room. You're like, oh yeah, by the way. You can get coffee in it. If you, you think they'd put it in the weight room alongside the, because they got the two Western Conference uh, championship trophies in there, like with the Larry O in between. Okay, I don't think it would go in that one. I, so? I just I, I don't I yeah. I will say it's been cool it's to cool. see the the Warriors uh you know to see Steph and like Draymond and them talk about it, like hey the road to Vegas and it feels like they're like they're really really like bought in like trying to hype it Which up. I was wrong about because I thought that they wouldn't uh, really take it seriously. I thought that the Warriors mm. in that group with like the Kings and the Wolves I think Thunder. and the Thunder I thought that those teams would take it way more seriously. But I guess where's Pat Bev now? Sixers. Sixers, okay. yeah. I feel like they would take it seriously. Yeah. yeah. They're taking yeah. every game seriously right now. They're beating everyone's butts. Yeah. But Detroit won. They beat, who did they beat recently? I was like, oh, okay. In the in-season tournament? No. Oh. No, just in regular <laughs> <laughs> just in life. Detroit won. They Detroit won a game. <laughs> it wasn't the Lions. It was a but. close game, and I, it was against a, a good opponent. And yeah. I was just like, okay, all right. Well, hopefully it's not the Mavs. Um, well, they've lost. Nope, never mind. 
Nope. Six in a row. <laughs> they won two oh, games okay. in October. Oh, see, that's where, that's where my, my four hours of sleep is, is wrong. <laughs> they lost by two points. They kept it close yeah. against uh, the I was going to say, go. no, yeah, yeah, okay. you're referencing the <laughs> Milwaukee game because that was a really good game, and they could have won that they game. They could have. Okay, yeah. there you go. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it happens. See, this is why I stay behind the scenes now. <laughs> I don't no, know what I'm no, no, about. no. You're good. Cade's legit right. though. They have Monty. I like Monty. Yeah. I think Monty's a good coach. So I've always liked Monty. Yeah, Monty's It's good great. that you're here right now because we're stalling so that we don't have to talk about <laughs> <laughs> the carnage that we witnessed the other day. <laughs> whenever horses went up against dinosaurs, that one didn't go too well. <laughs> it did not go too well. Okay. Let's say okay. All let's right. say that you. How many horses would it take? These are like normal-sized horses, fully grown, you know. How many horses would you need in order to win a fight against um, – how many active players do the Raptors have? Like 14? 14 Raptors. I don't – I would say like 14. You think horses could 1v1 a Raptor? I don't even think I really know what a Raptor is. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't think they're super big. Like, I think raptors are, like, kind of, like, you know. Are we not, talking, like, how much horsepower? Or like no, no, much, no, literally like, how many horses. A actual horse. She's like, there's a car yeah, and, and like, horsepower. Yeah, no, no, like, do you, <laughs> think, do you think, like, you'd need, like, 60 horses to fight 14 raptors? Do you think it'd be, like, 100? Do you think it'd be, like, 20? Because raptors are probably bigger than a horse, and they do have sharp teeth. Are they? Yeah. Okay. All right, so. But I don't think they're that much bigger. We like, can a horse <laughs> outrun them? No. Uh, are no. you sh- are you sure? Uh, no. Horses are pretty fast. Dude, have you seen Blue in Jurassic Park? No. No. That's pretty good. This is the next content segment. It is Bobby and Grant into Cat and Derek Lively talking dinosaurs, and it's like Derek Lively quizzing Cat, and like it's like him. He t- likes dinosaurs, right? He does. I think. Oh, he he's yeah. obsessed. Like, Jurassic Park. Like, he know. wore a Jurassic Park shirt to a Wings game. Oh, wow. like okay. he is and. We talked to him at Media Day and asked him his favorite dinosaur. Dude, just started listing ones. I mean, okay. I didn't even know okay. what he was saying. He just knows but all the species. But you have like phylums. You have like lively in a classroom, and he's like <laughs> teaching about dinosaurs, and cats just the one student in there. <laughs> I think that would be good. For what it. is a raptor? What's the, what? It, I didn't know what a raptor was. It's like a velociraptor. <sighs> yeah. Is do that you, like the technical name? I think that maybe that's a, a brand of raptors. Okay. I don't know. I think there might be multi- multiple kinds of raptors. Uh, yeah. Are you going to do an explainer on them? No. Okay. <laughs> Never revisit them. Well, we do play the raptors again this season. <laughs> they, they have to go yeah. to Canada at some might, point. I, I, and depending on how the season goes, three things to know might give you some raptors fun facts that day, <laughs> uh, depending on what happens going into that game. They just need someone in the paint. Who? The Mavs. They needed some ones. They, well, I think they might have needed 60 horses. How many horses in the paint would it take to stop the 14 Raptors? Ooh, if the horses could stand on top of each other, not many. Not e. many. Whoa. Okay, so uh, E is telling us that a Velociraptor speed topped out. Now, I don't wow. know how they would know this because <laughs> radar guns were not invented back then, but Velociraptors are estimated to be able to run at 25 miles an hour. Is that run or fly? Do they fly? They, they just run. Oh. They're, they're ground bound. Uh, I do think they flew. <laughs> Pterodactyls flew. Okay. Uh, allegedly. And then horses top out at around 44 miles an hour. So that's where I think a horse can just outrun them and like get them tired and then come back and be like, yo. Kind of like run sort of like a quick boxer up against like a, a beefy, yeah, yeah, yeah. A beefy just, boy. Like, you wear them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know really anything about fighting. I don't either. 
Or horses. I think a raptor would destroy any horse. One v one or like just want to throw it out there. What if it's like a three v one? What's the horse's go to move? <laughs> like the back kick? Yeah. <laughs> to let me turn around real fast <laughs> and to try buck, to right? kick you? Yeah. Or yeah. like could they like <laughs> like kind of like kick them from the front too? <laughs> what if they like leapt off their feet? Like did like a like a jump kick? I just want to make it known that Bobby was it's worried. Bobby was worried we couldn't hit 25 minutes today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was before I knew Kat was joining the show. I'm just here for fun. Yeah, yeah. it's a good day. She's like, do I need my computer? And it's like, nah. Yeah, I don't think do so. Do I need to look up stats? I could have looked up. Well, Kat was like, I'll be in here for five minutes. Nothing here we big. are. 17 <laughs> Going on later. minute 45. All right, let me, let me ask you this Mavs question. What would you say is like the your number one takeaway from the first few weeks of the season for the Mavs? I think that they have good chemistry, but it's still early and you got to build on that. But it's they're, they're at a good starting point, right? It's like no one thought they would start six and two. So let's just build on that. Yeah. No one thought that? What if, uh, what if someone thought okay. that? Okay. No one in big media who wrote articles mm. about what the big Mavs are going to do this season. Big media. That's big right. Media, you, know. you hear that? You hear that, Zach Lowe? You hear that? Uh, other be- other Respectfully. people? Perkins. Yeah. yeah, Perk. You hear that? I know y'all watch. Yo, Big Perk does not like the Mavs. Yeah. It really does feel like in, so they've, what, they're 6-2 and two right now? It I feels like after probably like three or four of those wins, a lot of uh, even like a lot of Mavs fans are like, last year's team loses that game. Oh, there's no shot that mm. last year's team would have won that game, you know, yeah. which is interesting. I don't know if that's necessarily fair because like you can't go back in time like that. But uh, there is something to be said for like being able to close the door, being able to win in crunch time. I like think being able to close, close. close games is, is, the, is the key part. They were 26 and 29 last season in the clutch games. They had the most clutch games played in the NBA. I mean, this year they've already had like what five, six? All six wins. I think they're six and zero oh in clutch. So yeah. I mean, just being able to close those games, I think, is really important. I mean, I don't want to see them anywhere near fifty-something clutch games, but if they're gonna win them all, then sure, why not? Last year they played fifty-five clutch games. That was the most by any team in the NBA since two thousand eight. Oh wow. Or two thousand eight oh nine. But yeah. See, if I had my computer, I would have told you that. And that was the <laughs> third most ever. Since the NBA started like keeping ever, track ever? of play-by-play, yeah, which goes all the way back to the 90s. 90s. 96, 96 I think. 97, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when two-thirds, essentially two-thirds of your games come down to almost a coin flip, you're going to expose yourself to a lot of potential for bad luck yeah. or good luck. But Now, I will you know. say clutch can be kind of deceiving because a clutch game could be you hit clutch time for five seconds of that game, right? So, like, what was it, the Charlotte game? Uh, the Orlando game. The Orlando kinda. game. Where it was literally 20 seconds. And then tops, they won yeah. like by 14 points. And it yeah. was like maybe 15 seconds of clutch time. So it can be a deceiving stat. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you're 6-0 and in it, then yeah, wear I mean, that with pride. I think that was the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting choked up even thinking about That's this. It's pretty emotional, right? It yeah. is emotional. Yeah, I think Me being on the show is emotional. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just a lot. It's just a lot going on. I'm drinking uh, fruit juice. <laughs> Probably the sugar. <laughs> I, I'm like buzzing right <laughs> yeah. now. Okay, this one only has 17 of added. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, that's not bad. That's not terrible. <laughs> My doctor will totally understand. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I think that was the only kind of like pseudo clutch game that they've played. I want to say that all of their other ones, I mean, Orlando, they ended up winning by 
I think, 15. But that was a pretty close game until the final really, like, minute or so. Yeah. Um, and in those moments last year, the Mavs sometimes struggle to score, but they almost always struggle to get stops. And also their rebound percentage was low. Their free throw percentage was low in those situations too. But it really feels like they've shored up a lot of those yeah. things in uh, in crunch time. And so while it is, you know, in, on the one hand, uh, you do expose yourself to a lot of RNG whenever every single time that you're playing a game, it comes down to the last couple minutes. But the process at both ends of the floor is way better too, which is, and like okay. noticeably better. So I think that so you're... So I've, I've only really gotten to watch like second half of games because... Um, you really like understand how much you're watching it, because well, you're texting me. You text me like every game. But I text you during the second half. Okay. Because that's okay. when that's when the baby's <laughs> uh, supposedly uh, gonna be asleep. You have a baby. I have a baby. I'm a mom now. When did that happen? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> what? Yeah. The Mavs missed the playoffs and. <laughs> Mavs missed the playoffs. Cat had a baby. Yeah, he's four months old. So. Oh, yeah. congratulations. Yeah, we're just trying to nail down a bedtime and like we start right around. 7:30, so I miss a lot of like the first halves of the games. Mm. So, mm. so I tune in for apparently when they're good. So it goes yeah. along with what <laughs> I've always said that when I watch the Mavs, your plus minus <laughs> this year is just yeah. like plus 200 or something. I mean, I'm I'm saying you got to watch the whole game tonight. We'll see. How do we get the baby to go to sleep earlier so their first halves can be see, better? No, because then he wakes up earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, but we don't care about that. <laughs> Mads aren't playing then. Yeah, if he wakes up at 1 a.m., I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I do. Are you willing to sacrifice or not? Like, How much do you Listen, want this in-season tournament banner? I will banner? say. How much do you love the Mavs? We the could, ba- we could the put baby it in. only knows a world where the Rangers <laughs> One, two, three, are the World Series <laughs> champions, so he could be the lucky charm for, for Dallas teams. I don't know. The Cowboys aren't great, but, you know, it's fine. They're okay. We They're don't have uh, football on here. 16-and-a-half-point so. faves this weekend. <laughs> yeah, they are. Should be a... Baby's dad is a Giants fan, so... Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Won't be much talking going on in the, in the household this weekend. It's fine. My <laughs> sister talks so much smack in our group chat. So much. Mm. I ain't much to talk about with the Giants right now. So, unless you're a big Tommy DeVito guy, who? <laughs> that's their quarterback. Oh yeah, Daniel Jones is out. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know that's such a sick name. You know, Tommy DeVito. You know, that's Danny's nephew. Danny DeVito, actor. Is it, is it really? really? No. Oh. That'd be pretty cool. And like believable. So what else do we have on the rundown? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you want to get into Denver and Toronto? Uh, I will be the fan that doesn't really know much, and y'all can tell me about it if you want. But oh. also, I can go do the graphics. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kat, thank you for joining. <laughs> Thanks for having me. He's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> He's texting Chopper right now saying, <laughs> please don't ever leave again. <laughs> yeah, don't make me do this anymore. All right, we'll be back in a second. Welcome back to some very serious sports talk here on the Corner 3. I'm Bobby. He's Isaac. Kat is a legend. We'll try and get her back on the show as soon as possible. Of course, Austin Ivan usually here with us. This week she is out um, doing, again, we got to figure out what she's doing. Well, I, she might be in the rooms to go lounge. Ooh, yeah. And we, she just didn't get the memo to come back. I don't know. I mean, we, we were emailing, corresponding. That's true. We uh, do a good job of corresponding. So maybe Austin's just skipping the show. If you were watching the game the other night on Bally Sports, you saw Austin. Yeah, you did. In the broadcast. You did. Okay, so uh, the other night on Wednesday night, 
Uh, the Mavs lost uh, a rather uncomfortable game, 127 to 116, at the hands of Pascal Siakam and the Toronto Raptors. Now, two things, well, one thing that the Mavs' two losses this year have in common is that both the Raptors and the Nuggets are big. Now, of course, they have like big uh, men in the middle Jokic on Denver, Jakob Pertl on the Nuggets. Or, well, <laughs> Jakob Pertl's on the Raptors, uh, not on the Nuggets, unless he got <laughs> traded. I don't know. Um, but the Raptors have positional size by that. I mean, like, OG Ananobi is their shooting guard, and he's like six foot nine or whatever. Pascal Siakam is their power forward. He's like 6'10, six, 6'11. Six, so they're large up and down the lineup. Uh, even Dennis Schroeder is very long, too. And so the Raptors scored 72 points in the paint. A lot of them were just one-on-one, post-up, turnaround, and, and finger-roll it right in. And so, uh, Isaac, I ask you, um, I think it's both. It's like mutually understood between both of us that the Mavs do have uh, a little bit. They're hurting a little bit for positional size. But did those two losses expose any sort of like permanent weakness of this team, or did they just happen at the beginning of the year? How do you, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I feel like when you say like exposed, then it's something you maybe didn't expect or something. But I mean, you know, I think you go back to last, you know, the end of last year. Really, that honestly, the past two years of Nico Harrison talking about, hey, we, we got to get, like, bigger down low. We got to get some more size in there for rebounding, protecting the paint. And, you know, they go in this offseason with that goal. I'd say that's one of the goals that they didn't really uh, address a ton. They did trade for, you know, Rashawn Holmes on, uh, with, you know, in the, that draft day trade. But, you know, their, their biggest addition was Derek Lively. Derek Lively out uh, with a non-COVID illness in that Toronto game. But he did play in the Denver game. Um but that's like their answer. And so it's, it is kind of, you know, there are question, you know, a few questions thrown out to Jason Kidd and, you know, Luke and them after uh, the Toronto game the other night that, hey, does this show you how much you missed Derek Lively? And it's like, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, and they already are relying a lot on, you know, Derek Lively being in there. Jason Kidd saying, yeah, we didn't have anybody in the paint, <laughs> you know, tonight. So after that Toronto game. So, you know, I think it's a combination of you don't have a ton of size uh, in the paint, especially when Derek Lively's out. I think it's also a combination of when you're getting beat on the perimeter too, to where, you know, if you know some of these guys are maybe a little bit more tired. Um, I don't want to do the whole, I mean, this is like great math state media talk right here, but, <laughs> you know, it was their fourth game in six nights. Um, you know, so it was like, did fatigue go into it? And the fatigue plays into the fact that your perimeter guys are getting beat off the dribble to where they're just getting stuff in the paint all night. Kyrie finished his presser the other night and just like sat there in his like chair. And then he like slowly got up and he was like, guys, y'all don't know about this uh, fourth game and six nights thing. He's like, have any of y'all out here played that and even like pick up? <laughs> And like, no. I've watched four games in six nights and felt <laughs> tired. No, I will say, okay, like, not to whatever. We are full on. Yeah, like, this is great. Yeah, Clip like, this. Clip yeah, this. Y'all don't understand, okay? This is the truth. Um, <laughs> that was the Mavs' fourth and six. The Raptors had played only one game since last Thursday. And mm. so they were very, very fresh-legged. Um, but, like, that's going to happen throughout the season. How you overcome that uh, is really up to you. You can do everything you can, like in the in the Mavs case, you can do everything you can to like try and slow the game down. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go deeper into your bench, which he tried with Rashawn Holmes, uh, and that really didn't work. Um, you have to, I mean, you got to play the game, so you might as well try and win the game. Yeah. Uh, but that is that is obviously a very real um, concern: is that you're a little tired, and they're yeah. not at all. 
And so they're going to have the energy edge, and you know you've got to try and find a way to overcome it, and they just couldn't. And they've they've won some games this year by giving up points in the paint too. So it's like this is a weakness. Um, now, how big that this weakness is going to impact the, your total overall wins and losses, we'll see how much. Yeah, they've given up at least fifty points in the paint, I believe, five games in a row, and that includes seventy-two against the Raptors, seventy-two against the Hornets, and sixty-eight against the Nuggets. Now, I will say, going back to the rest thing. The Hornets were playing on the second night of a back-to-back against the Mavs, mm. and they it looked like they kind of ran out of gas a little bit in the second half uh, until LaMelo just completely went nuclear in the fourth quarter. So, you know, just like you're going to be the tired team some nights, your opponent's going to be the tired team on other nights, and you have to be able to try and win in both situations. Um, now, missing Lively hurt a lot, obviously, um, but this year with him, uh, opponents are shooting 73% at the rim. Without him, they're shooting 72% at the rim. So it's not really like uh, there's that big of a like a noticeable statistical difference. Yeah. Opponents are shooting 55% on twos whenever he's in the game, 57.6% whenever he's out of the game. So it's like relatively similar. But the one thing that the Mavs have done uh, demonstrably better whenever he's been on the floor as opposed to off is defensive rebounding. So whenever he's on the floor, the Mavs rebound 73.8% of opponents' missed shots. That is called defensive rebound percentage. Um, and 73.8 would rank fifth best in the NBA this year. So that's a pretty good mark. Um, historically, like w- if you looked three or four years ago, that would be a very bad number. Uh, but teams are starting to crash the glass more often this year and in the last couple of years. Whenever he's out of the game, the Mavs, do you want to take a guess at what the number is? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say it's not in the 70s. You're correct. (laughs) Uh, Whenever he's out of the game, the Mavs have rebounded 65.9% of opponents' missed shots, Mm. which this year would rank a distant 30th. 30th in the league, dead last, the Pelicans at 66.6%. Really shockingly low number for them. Uh, The Mavs as a team, 68.8%, which ranks 28th in the league and now that number has taken a huge nosedive in the last couple games because they were i think after the um it was after either chicago or the game after chicago they were still like 12th or 13th so in the last few games it has just plummeted yeah. um which is not surprising you up against the nuggets they had a ton of second chances and then of course the uh the raptors they were crashing the glass too so you know you can't count on only one guy to save all your rebounding issues uh Everyone's got to do it, you know, but it's one of those things like one problem um, leads to another. If you're closing out your man or if you're guarding your guy one-on-one in the perimeter and he gets by you in one or two dribbles, everyone is scrambling, which means they can put up a shot and miss it, but Mm. all of your guys are scrambling and all of their guys just can crash the glass. So it's kind of like one problem leads to another. So I don't really know what to point to to say, yeah, this is the problem or this is the solution. Yeah, because it impacts if you're not getting defensive boards, you can't get out and run. If they're wanting to make a more of an yeah. effort this year to get out and run a little bit, pick up the pace, then you got to be able to get the defensive rebounds. Uh, right now, the injury report, you know, we're recording this um, around lunchtime on Friday. Uh, you know, Lively's questionable for tonight, so we'll see how that uh, plays out for the Clippers game. But you know, the Clippers don't, they're not a big rebounding team either. They just lost Plumley. So be really curious to see, you know, once again, not to make the biggest excuses, but like the Toronto thing, if you want to say schedule, like, uh, okay, let's see how. It was a little more that? than schedule in there. <laughs> Kyrie even said it after the game, too. Kyrie said the J Kid called them soft. Yeah. And Kyrie did not disagree. No. Yeah. And 
that, hey, you got to take this personal whenever your coach is going to call out your roster and tell them to their face, like, you play soft tonight. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, Denver's just a whole different, you know, animal. <laughs> just yeah. where they're at in the West and the type of team that is. So, um, yeah, let's see what the rebounding uh, points in the paint stuff looks like against the Clippers. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Zubat's in there, obviously, but once he checks out of the game, which against the Mavs sometimes happens very quickly, um, their power forward is Kawhi, right? I mean, yeah. they shouldn't be I, – I, Russ can swoop in and get a couple putbacks on you. But, um, you know, one thing that they've done in a lot of their wins this year is make good adjustments at halftime. Against Orlando, they allowed 34 points in the first half in the paint. Isaac, 34 points in the paint, which is on pace for 68, which is a number that they've hit in three of their recent games. But Orlando, I think, only scored 14 or 16 or something in the second half of that game. Now, what did the Mavs do? Some of it was just a little bit of luck, obviously. Some of it was game flow. But others of, uh, other aspects of it was just like, hey, pay attention to your man because he's going to try backdoor cut and uh, just keep your head on a swivel. Don't ball watch over here if your man is over here because if you turn your whole body, he's going to know, hey, just backdoor. Or play with active hands. Or if your man is, you think your man is clearing the space, well, he's just going to turn around and ask for a pass. So, like, just, you know, kind of trail him and, like, keep your eye. You know, a lot of it is just attention, um, literally paying attention to everything, but also just attention to detail. Um, now, again, when fatigue sets in, it's harder to pay attention to detail. Um, but that's where, you know, um, as a coach, you hope to have enough depth on your, on your bench where you can kind of bring in guys that will play with a little more energy. Jay Kidd against the Raptors put in Dante Exum. But Exum isn't going to stop OG and Pascal Siakam, you know. And so, like, your your personnel is such that teams that have a big front court are probably going to pose problems to you all season. But there are some things tactically that you can do uh, to help overcome some of those problems. We've seen that in a lot of their wins. Like, their second-half defensive rating before that Raptors game was, like, number two or number three in yeah. the NBA. Uh, after that game, probably dropped a few spots. Um, but they probably. have done a good job of making changes, at least. Yeah, it's kind of like a little rope-a-dope. Like, hey, let's let's kind of uh, lure you in here in the first half, and then we're going to make all of our changes and then lock you down in the second half. Um, just didn't. A dangerous game to play. Yeah, just uh, it's kind of hard to do, you know, when you're trying to contain Raptors. <laughs> I mean, as a horse, you know. <laughs> uh, so after the game, Kyrie had a, a couple interesting quotes. The soft thing was one of them, but he he said something else. Yeah, well, you know, you look at Kyrie's season so far, and it's like, hey, if you, you know, Mavs 6-2, and two, and you could say that, like, Kyrie hasn't been playing awesome either, especially, uh, you know, offense-wise. Um, and just hearing him, you know, right now, you look at his three-point percentage, shooting around 28%, uh, which is the lowest in his career. Uh, you look at his field goal percentage, around 43%. Um, just his start to the season, it's a, it's a different type of role. Um, and you know, the offense efficiency for him, like shooting the ball, you know, we're used to Kyrie just being this, Hey, just go get, I mean, and that's what he's saying after the game. He's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm used to having those spurts where I can go get six, seven, eight, you know, 10, 12 points. Um, but you know, he talked about just kind of like his approach to the season and you know, he's, if, if people are at, you know, wondering, all right, why is, you know, is it he's starting off a little slower offensively? You know, he, he gave a little bit of insight, and I thought it was just really interesting of his offseason. He's like, you know, I, I've never, you know, taken in my career, I've never taken 30 to 40 days off, um, you know, from conditioning and, you know, playing and all of that. And he did that this offseason, and he's trying to shift around a little bit. 
Uh, due to injury or just due to vibing? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Vibes. Um, but he's like, I think injury had something to do with it. Of course he didn't play in the preseason, like hardly at all. Yeah. Yeah. He, he mentioned that too. So he's still, you know, getting into, you know, his groove and stuff this season. Um, and he was like, Hey, I got to work harder on my off days. And I just, I love some of the, the stuff that he was saying, you know, post game about that of, you know, what he's kind of approaching this season of, I, I got to sacrifice. I got to show, I want to show these guys, you know, what it means to, you know, to sacrifice on a team that I'm going to play a different role and pick my spots and have all this stuff. And he even, you know, he's mentioned, he's like the, the all NBAs and the all-star appearances, all that stuff. He's like that personal accolades are not his number one thing this year. And he's like, I've kind of pushed that to the side. And he says, you know, I really want to, you know, diving, dive into being that better teammate and being that better leader. Um, and I, th- I just, I love that as one of your leaders on the team that so many guys on that roster respects that he's like, man, I, that's what his focus is this year. And it's not the, I mean, we know how popular Kyrie is and he's going to get a ton of all-star votes and all of that. Um, but his numbers aren't there yet, but he's slowly building to that. And he said, he even mentioned in years past, he's like, I've, you know, I've kind of like worn down as the season, you know, went along or I've gotten hurt later on. He's like, now I'm hoping to like kind of shift that around to where I'm more fresh for when his number's called later in the season. He's going to be fresh and ready to go, you know, a little bit more efficiently. So uh, I love that. You, I love hearing that from a leader on the team and just where his mindset is, giving a little insight into, you know, if you're watching and you're like, all right, man, he's, he's coming up short a lot in the, you know, some of these shots. I think it's going to take just a little bit of time uh, because of how what he explained. And then we might see a longer, extended, more efficient Kyrie, you know, through the end of the season. Yeah, this is maybe a, a little like, uh, not apologetic, but like at the beginning of the year, at the the first two games, especially before he he missed a couple, all of his shots were short. Now his misses are like spinning out, mm-hmm. so even his misses look better now. Yeah. You know, uh, so I think he is starting to to find the rhythm a little bit. But in the meantime, he is distributing the ball a lot more, um, doing a lot of. Uh, I don't know, passing the ball in like a very encouraging way, like finding the shooter, finding yeah. the guy that's hot. Oh, a guy just checked in. I'm going to get him the ball and see if he can make his first shot, see if we can get him a rhythm. Uh, and then also like physically encouraging teammates. We're seeing him high five like everybody. Yeah. Instead of going back to the huddle, he's like stopping, turning around. Hey, high five every single person that comes on the court. Guy makes a shot. He's going to go up and, you know, uh, dap him up and stuff. And, and that is really good because, you know, as a leader on the team, uh, especially as a guy that many of his teammates probably like idolize, yeah. you know, like Jaden Hardy probably like worships at the altar of Kyrie Irving. Yeah. You know, how cool is it if you're Jaden Hardy and you make a shot and Kyrie's like in your ear telling you how good you are, yeah. you know, like that's gotta be really, really, uh, you know, uplifting for these guys too. So, you know, even if you're slumping, which Kyrie's averaging what, like 20 and six, 20 and seven, like yeah. <laughs> nice slump. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, even if you're slumping, it's really cool that you're making yourself kind of like, Available and useful in other ways. That's something that Dirk always used to do too. Big time high fiver. Dirk was mm. always a big time high fiver. And also in games, whenever Dirk, maybe the the mid range or the the three pointer wasn't dropping, he would like put his head down and get to the foul line, or he would go crash the offensive glass, get a couple putbacks, like just to like do something, yeah. you know. Or maybe today I'm just gonna get 15 rebounds, you know. Like find ways if your shot's not falling to affect the game in other ways. That's yeah. what like the best, very best players are able to do. And you, you know, you mentioned his playmaking stuff. He's never averaged seven assists 
uh, in a season, and he's averaging 7.3 right now. Um, it's six games. I get it. But still. New Kyrie. <laughs> I, but still, I mean, it, he's a, and he's so much fun to watch. Mm. I mean, as an entertainer. and He is, man. Just he's, to watch play basketball. Yeah. Some of the stuff he, um, you know, you, you can't. You can't pull off these things unless you try them. Mm-hmm. And we have two guys in Luca and Kyrie that try some crazy stuff. And they're like it's them dribble moves and shots and some of the like subtle things that Kyrie does on the court. I think that's one of my favorite things of watching him play. Of he does some really subtle, like crafty genius things that if you just blink, you miss it. But then if you really focus in on it, you're like, did he really just do that backspin with his left hand? Or that entry pass to Dwight, like you put a spin on that to where that's the only way that ball could get in there, and it's like it's insane. He's but. really, really, really good. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure to watch him play so far. Yeah. Um, okay, so one guy that he is encouraging to shoot a lot recently, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, I think a big surprise on opening night that he started. You know, we hit that we hit it up on uh, on this show. I think last week or the week before we talked about him quite a bit. But in his last six games, how about this? 11 points, 58% from the floor, 44.4% from three, and that is on not a little number of shots. I really butchered that. That is on a lot of shots. It's not like he's taking, you know, one three a game or anything. He's shooting three or four or five of those bad boys a night. Uh, and and J-Kid, you know, as long as the shot is falling, it's been understood that J-Kid will leave him in the game. And so he had 15 against Toronto. Uh, the team was significantly better on the floor whenever he was on the floor than when he was off. Um, he's playing great, man. Like, is is Derek Jones Jr. good? We just have to deal with it, or is he just hot to start the year? Like, what's going on? Uh, you know, it it's wild that he's he's just 26. It feels like been he's been around forever. I know. It feels like he should be like 30 or 31. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he was a minimum signing this offseason, and you start hearing a little bit of the grumblings that he might start, and then. He's kind of he started. He's done exactly kind of you know what they want. When you start Grant Williams, they bring in Grant Williams to guard the bigger fours, you know, the bigger guys, and even you know kind of switch off and guard some of these you know bigger you know centers too. At times, um, you need somebody that can guard be the point of attack defender, and that's why for so long it's like, man, is Josh Green going to be that? And then Derek Jones has kind of proven to be a little bit more size and that can he can guard some of these you know, other point guards or scoring two guards out there that, you know, he's 6'5", seven-foot wingspan. Um, he's kind of playing that, like, Dorian role. He's only 6'5"? Yeah. I mean, basketball reverence says 6'5". Really? <laughs> but wow. it's like he's kind of playing that Dorian role as, like, the bigger, um, you know, kind of the bigger wing, but is guarding some of the, you know, the, uh, the point guards and stuff, too. He's going to be the guy that they leave open all the time. And right now, that slow left-handed shot, it's going in, and it's like, all right, he's making it efficient. And you start looking at some of the, the lineup stuff, too. You know, there's, uh, there's you know, three two-man combos for the Mavs that have logged over 150 minutes. Uh, Luca and Grant, Luca and Derek Jones, and Luca and Lively. Uh, they have the – Luca and Derek Jones have the highest, you know, net rating in that. Uh, at eight defensive ratings of 104 you could even go into some of the like the three-man combos and stuff too of Derek Jones with you know Luca and some of those guys that you know there's a net <laughs> Luca Derek Jones Jr. and Grant Williams your two starting wings alongside Luca net rating 120 minutes together net rating of plus 14 defensive rating at 100 Wow, um, and that includes they played a lot against the Raptors. <laughs> so yeah, it had to be a lot better than that before that game. Yeah, I mean that's the second 
highest you know minute total for a trio the only one above that's Kyrie Luca and Grant and they at least have a positive net too but it's not as much as you know that right there those starting you want that too you're starting two defensive wings alongside Luca you know playing a lot of minutes together and it's it's working out right now so I'm happy for him I mean guys love him he's such a cool you know cool dude but to see this point in his career too to where he's been kind of a journeyman uh, but it's all been about a shot and the shots going in, and it's really cool for him. Two things that stand out to me about him, one on offense, one on defense. The offensive one is he kind of has that, like, Christian Wood sort of, like, gangly, long stride drive to the basket where it sort of looks awkward, but he's under control. Yeah. Uh, he's finished some of those in transition and also some of them in the half court, too, where it's, like, this very, like, almost exaggerated, like, Euro step kind of thing, uh, but he gets to his spots, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's important, too, because – if teams ever do decide to try and run him off the three-point line, you got to have another tool in the bag, right? Yeah. And so if he can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket, we know he can dunk, but what happens if you can't get all the way to the rim? Well, you got to pull up a little bit, and he, he's got a nice little touch off the glass on some of these finishes. Defensively, very good at fighting through screens. Like, he rarely gets buried by a screen, whether it's a big man, a little guy, um, trying to bump him off his spot. He steps through. He's drawn a couple offensive fouls doing that. Um, you know, kind of anticipating what to do. He can kind of slither his way around a lot of that stuff. He is very, uh, he's very, like, narrow, slender guy. Yeah. Um, so if he turns this way, he kind of almost goes invisible. And so he can just kind of, like, step up, step up in front of the screen, which is really good um, because... And he, and he doesn't give up on plays either. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of the catching up to block. I mean, he has six blocks uh, this season, but he just never stops, and he never gives up on the play. And that's a... And going back to his three-point uh, shooting, too... Um, he's already hit 12 threes this season. The most threes he's ever hit in a season is 43. And does he top that this year? Oh yeah, I think so. Okay. Now that the season hit, it was 2020, 2021 season for Portland. He shot 136 threes that year. Um, and he made 40, he made 43 of them. This is about what? 33, 34%. Uh, 32%. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, he's on pace to be better than that and stuff. You mentioned Christian Wood. He filled in for AD the other night. Um, How'd he do? I, I I don't know. I, I can't remember the box score. I don't mm. follow, you know, keep yeah. the Lakers box scores in my head too much, but yeah. I, I seen where he filled in. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Good for him. Um, okay. The Mavs play the Clippers tonight. Ooh, yes. James Harden. Yeah, it's a big game, man. It's a big game for both teams. Uh, the Mavs, because you don't want to lose back-to-back -back games. You get off to this great start, 6-1. and one. It would be a shame if, like, man, you wake up now, 6-3. and three, okay, It's kind of like, man, this sucks. And it's we the win Clippers. A game and it's the Clippers. You know, we know Luka likes to turn up against those guys. Um, now, the Clippers, Isaac. They've only played two games since the Harden trade. They lost both of them. Um, the Clippers are minus 33 when Harden is on the floor. Now, that's a big change like systematically that you were making to your team well um, they got a new by, system yeah i mean yeah. i'm not even saying that in a backhanded way like it is a <laughs> huge change yeah. to bring in harden you know the kind of the clippers whole bit the last few years like they don't really have a point guard like it was beverly you know bringing russ off the bench sometimes like terrence mann like none of these guys are like really like floor general kind of guys harden is that dude um what have been your thoughts of course it is very early tell but what have been your thoughts on that in generally on the Clippers getting Harden and then also how he's looked so far I'm typically in the camp of I think we overdo the or overanalyze the fits of like the star power of like I'm I'm 
I typically like lean into the, Hey, if you can get star talent and like, let's like you go do it. Um, I'm not really there in this, in this case. Um, just because I, I think it feels like Russ has been working there mm-hmm. and he's been great there. Yeah. And it, it's like, now are you going to like nullify that? But you kind of had some good going there with that. And, uh, you know, you, feels like you always have the conversation around these, I hate using super teams, but it's like these teams with star talent of like, well, there's only one basketball. Well, there really is. Yeah. And it's like if for the end of games uh, for this team, the Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Russ off the ball, that's an experiment. And, you know, Harden almost needs the ball in his hand, but then you got these two guys that, yeah. So I, did, I think it will, they got to take their time. I was, I was down on this, you know, this team. Before the season, I was saying on this show, I'm like, I, my one of my predictions, I had him missing the playoffs and, and and all of that. It's bold. I don't know if I'm changing that right now, um, but we'll see. I I do think there's a whole conversation about like size in the NBA. Size matters, Bobby, mm. and of what, wise words. Yeah, and for them, like everything goes through Jokic. You look at what like Minnesota. Uh, is doing playing really good basketball right now. They have a ton of size on their team with those two bigs and Jaden McDaniels and stuff. Um, and it's not just the bigs; it's like positional size for some of these teams out there. And for you know the Clippers, you know we talked about like I think they're twenty second, twenty third, and rebounding. Uh, they're turning the ball over a lot, but it is: do they have enough size to be able to match up? you know, against some of these other bigger teams, you know, even in the West, you can go look at the East and be like, all right, Porzingis, Tatum, some of these, you know, Horford. It's just relying a lot on Zubats, Plumlee's out for a while. Do they go out and make a trade to add some size and stuff? Because if you don't, if you're not going to have the size down low, you know, in those matchups, then your offense has just got to be spectacular. And it's not looking that way right now. And part of their big strength these last few years is because they've they've had like Batum, Covington, Morris, like all these like big jumbo wings that can – play four or even five yeah um Harden I just looked at his stats he has not taken at least two catch and shoot threes per game since 2017 wow so uh he is very much a pull-up shooter guy very much in the same way that Luca is and that's one change we've seen in Luca's game this year is he's taking more of those catch and shoots I'm not sure he's he, that Luca's even taking two uh this year but Kawhi and Paul George can both make plays like with the ball in their hands, especially in the clutch. Kawhi becomes their point guard. Like he brings it up the floor uh, yeah. and kind of like ISOs. And so I, I just don't know with all four of those guys on the floor at once, three of them are going to be spotting up like Paul George, excellent spot up shooter. Kawhi, really good catch and shoot guy, but I think he prefers the ball in his hands. So I don't know. Maybe the solution is to bring one of them off the bench yeah, or even two of them off the bench, but you, they made that trade and they lose a lot of depth. And like you said, Plumlee's out too. So their bench is like very depleted. Um, they still kept Man and Norm Norm Powell, yeah. Uh, which I was like, oh, that's pretty good for their part on that. But mm-hmm. I, it's just gonna take time. Anytime you put guys like this together and you get a new system, yeah, uh, it's gonna take time. But I think like a lot of the stuff that we were just talking about about positional size struggles against teams like the Magic and the the Nuggets and the Raptors in particular is that, well, okay, what is it? Russ at the one, Harden at the two, Paul George at the three. Kawhi at the four, physically, height-wise, the Mavs match up pretty well with personnel like that. Now, those four players are all unbelievable players. Like, they're all really, really good. And I think the challenge will be, okay, well, uh, okay, so Grant Williams can guard Kawhi. Derek Jones can maybe guard 
uh, Harden. Okay, so who's gonna guard Paul George? Luca? Uh, <laughs> is Kyrie gonna guard Russ? Like that? Okay, so yeah. that creates that poses problems. But physically, uh, they're not gonna get like out muscled. I don't think. You know, um, so that is uh, it's it's one one problem isn't a problem, but that in itself creates other problems too. Uh, but then defensively, also the Clippers, I think like if you're giving a lot of minutes to Harden and to Russ. Um, then all of a sudden the Clippers become smaller as well, like you were just yeah. talking about. And so it's like, it is a, it's a totally new team. Like, it's a totally new Clippers team. Yeah. And I don't think the Mavs have played the Clippers since Russ has been there, right? Or have they? I can't remember, but, I mean, they've only had two games with Harden. They haven't scored over 100 points in those two games. So it's going to take some bit for the offense. Do they get there tonight? Uh, <laughs> Bold prediction. Yeah, they get there tonight. Okay. Yeah. Just but right at 100, though. Maybe 101. Yeah, I think Dallas. And a Thirty-point loss. <laughs> I think t- I think Dallas takes this one tonight, and it's like one sixteen to one twelve. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, a, a dub is a dub, you know. Um, quick in-season group tournament, in-season tournament group, in-season hmm. update of the tournament group. Oh, that's good. The group update of the in-season tournament, Isaac. <laughs> so so far, only Denver and Dallas have played a game in the in-season tournament in West Group B. Denver, of course, won that one. The Mavs lost. Now, tonight, the Mavs played the Clippers. Elsewhere, the Rockets play at the Pelicans. The Mavs play at the Pelicans next week. Uh, and right now, New Orleans is kind of like, I don't know what's going on with them, man. They have wins, but like all of their, their offensive rating is very low. Their defensive rating is very low. So we'll, the, the Mavs play at the Pelicans actually two games in a row. Um, they go there on, what, Sunday too, right? They play at... On Sunday, Sunday and, and Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So the Pelicans, I think they've lost a couple games in a row. Brandon Ingram, I want to say, is out for them right now. So it's kind of a CJ's a w- out. Oh, CJ's out too. With his lung stuff. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that explains why their uh, stats aren't looking too good. I know Zion obviously is back for them, um, but uh, you know, so over the next five or six days, the Mavs are going to play two games in the in-season tournament. Of course, like we talked about before, um, the group winners. So there's three groups in each conference. The three group winners all advance. And then one wild card team um, that did not win their group, that has the best remaining record and best remaining point differential, if there's any sort of tie, will advance. So really, if you want to make it out of your group, you can only afford to lose like one game. So the Mavs essentially have to win out from here on out. Um, The same could be said for all the other teams in the group too, because I think Denver is probably going to run the table i would think if i had to guess oh, yeah. maybe lose once um so you know this game has some uh, some alternative alternative ramifications as well um yeah i don't know do you have any any more thoughts we we dove deep into the in-season tournament earlier in this. well i'm excited to play on the pelicans in-season court are you really yeah it looks uh, i'm not looking forward to watching that game dude <laughs> i'm really not i gotta say the denver game felt like i had like there was some something funny in my candy. <laughs> yes, uh, the back to backs are always you know you're always you know looking at those on the on the schedule. They're playing Washington on the second you know one, so Washington's struggling a little bit this season. So um, you do lose an hour though on that trip. That is true. Going to New Orleans to Washington there. Uh, I'll say I'm already looking at that next week. Long week in L.A that the week after that so uh you know you you got the back-to-back over the weekend with the you know going which that's that's gonna be kind of a tough travel back to of like you're playing in milwaukee then you got to come you know the whole road road home some combination of that and a back-to-back always sucks 
but you're playing in Milwaukee on Saturday night on the 18th, and then you're, you're playing an early tip uh, the the next day at home against the Kings, and then it's brutal. Then you got an LA trip there. Yeah, and the Kings on a back to back is very tough. Now, of course, uh, I don't know if De'Aaron Fox can be back by then. Whenever he's on the floor, they play at an unbelievable pace. Without him, it kind of slowed down a little more. But yeah, after this game against the Clippers. Six of the next seven games are on the road for the Mavs. And to this point in the season, Isaac, they have gone road home, road home, road home, road home, road home, road home, road home. They have not played a game in the same city until November 10th, 2023, uh, where they've played two games in a row, like in the same place. Um, Now they're about to go to New Orleans and play two games there. But it has been like play a game, catch a flight, play a game, catch a flight. And, you know, this is – it's it's much easier to have this conversation when they're six and two than if they were two and six because if it's two and six then it, it we are big time map state media of course <laughs> but when there's when you're six and two it's awesome because going into the preseason of course a lot of fans w- were concerned like okay you're gonna go spend all this time in Abu Dhabi then you're gonna go to Spain then you're gonna come home and start the season that's a lot of travel that's a lot of wear and tear well it hasn't stopped there like they're still flying a lot that Orlando game they lost an hour they're about to lose another hour on Wednesday then daylight savings time happens and you kind of like regain an hour. So you're already, your biological clock is already off. You're playing some back-to-backs. You're on the road a lot. And um, the schedule really doesn't slow down until they spend uh, Thanksgiving essentially in L.A. from Wednesday to Saturday. They'll be out there, which is nice. Uh, I'm sure they'll go out there maybe on the 21st too and enjoy a little nice night on the town. Uh, and then it's a lot of home games in the first half of December. So, you know, they're almost to the point where they're going to play like a regular NBA schedule, but they're still in the midst of a very chaotic run of uh, uh, of travel here. Yeah, and like you said, I mean they're six and two. Let's see, you know, as they these next few games of Clippers and Pelicans, and let's see if they can keep the stuff going and Kyrie hit some more shots. You see if Lively can be healthy. I think Maxie's doubtful for the Clippers game. Toe again. Uh-huh. I saw him grab, I don't know if it was his left toe or his right toe, but I saw him grabbing his right foot a couple times in that game too. Mm. So, I don't know, man. I mean, they they obviously need Maxie. You know, we mentioned it, uh, or I mentioned it on the last show that we did, like kind of like quick question mark sort of thing. Um, I said the, the lineups have been pretty good whenever it's Lively or Dwight at the five. But whenever they've gone to sort of that small ball look with Maxi at the five, they've struggled a little bit. They had to play that out of necessity against the Raptors because uh, Lively was out. In the second half, Holmes wasn't part of the rotation. Um, and they really need they need Maxi to be healthy. They need those lineups, I feel like, to be implemented in order to really kind of spread teams out. We did see them try Grant at the five. I think we're going to – I thought was good. Yeah, and I think we're probably going to see that tonight against uh, the Clippers because, you know – Luca likes the Zubats matchup, matchup, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's a good chance we'll probably see some Clippers small ball of switching everything, throwing Norm Powell, or Terrence Mann, and stuff out there uh, with those other four guys, and saying switch it all. And we could see that Derek Jones, Grant Williams front court, and it's just, I mean, we really could just see all like wings, perimeter guys, yeah, lineups to some space know, age tonight. basketball. Yeah, but that's gonna be, man. If you're playing small ball like that, or even if you have Lively in the game or Powell in the game, um, the Clippers will spread you out a lot. And Powell, Kawhi, obviously, Paul George, obviously, Russ, these guys are ferocious rim attackers that are going to finish on you if you're like yeah. if you're not coming correct. you know. Uh, and so if the Clippers are going to spread the Mavs out, 
you cannot get beat on these closeouts in one dribble. I mean, we saw OG hit Luca with a couple of those the mm-hmm. other day. Luca's like trying to help maybe on Siakam, and then it's a kickout pass, and you got to get out there. But then OG's just one dribble, boom, two hand dunk. Uh, and with no, especially if Lively doesn't play or if obviously he's out of the game, you're not going to have a shot blocker behind you. So you have got to stay in front of those guys. Powell last year in particular, Norman Powell, had some huge games against the Mavs uh, in a couple of those losses that they had to the Clippers. So they have got to uh, mind their P's and Q's tonight. Yes. Man, what a great take by me, right? That was a really good take. Yeah, cool. Uh, All right, anything else to add? No, I was just saying, uh, if you haven't watched Bobby and Grant Williams on, on YouTube playing chess, go do that. And That was fun. Tonight is in-season tournament. Not to plug another thing of Bobby's, but if you are confused by it, you want more information on the in-season tournament and just how it works, I feel like we're still getting questions about it. I'm still wondering some of the details on it. You did a great video on that. Thank you. Uh, on the Mavs YouTube channel. And we also just had a great discussion about how it works right now. So go back That's and rewind true. and listen to you got timestamps below to make it even easier. You got time to get something. That's right. You got time to watch my in-season tournament video on the Mavs YouTube channel and <laughs> get get some gear and represent. Uh, all right, Isaac, thanks for joining, as always. Uh, to E in the back, shout out. To Kat, who was up here and also in the back. Kat's just doing everything today. Shout out Kati Vialba. Austin, I believe we'll be back with us next week, so we'll uh, we'll be we'll be corner threeing it up with you next week. Uh, ooh, next week is a big week of Mavs basketball. We're gonna see Dame and Giannis. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Okay, dude, it's basketball's back in a big way, and the Mavs are winning games, so it's all good. If they lose, then it won't be exciting. But right now, uh, I'm fired up and ready to go. Okay, uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy, hopefully, some Mavs wins, and we will be back with you next Friday on the Corner 3.